Let's talk about the best coaching option for you. Individual coaching sessions are for clients who would like a one-time session with me instead of jumping into doing my private coaching program. This is a perfect way for you to get some insight and receive some quick tips to help you in your life. In this session, we will talk about what has been weighing heavy on your mind or how to cope better with your own personal situation. Talking with me on these issues will give you the foundation of what you need to help bring more knowledge and self-awareness into your life regarding something you have been holding on to for a while now. If you are interested in a one-time session with me, please register below. Links are provided. It is not uncommon to go through some kind of period after a breakup, after a divorce, where you feel very depressed. And so I want to get into this topic because I want to help you through really this dark period that you're going through. If you are going through a breakup or divorce, give you some tips to help you move forward and also for you to understand why you were actually feeling this way. For me, it was always important to understand the why. I always wanted to know why because quite frankly, I was probably judging why I was even feeling that way at all. So if I'm judging the depression, if I'm judging the anxiety, if I'm judging the stress and I'm making myself feel like there's something wrong with me for feeling this way, I'm probably going to want to know why I'm feeling this way because that on some levels will help me to really just soothe myself. It'll give me a little bit of peace of mind and more acceptance for what it is that I'm actually going through, what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, and why I'm really feeling this way. When we don't do that, unfortunately what we do is we just tend to keep judging ourselves, giving ourselves a lot of guilt, a lot of shame for why we feel this way, I can't believe I still feel this way, I shouldn't feel this way, and then all that really does is basically just keeps you stuck. That's typically where the anxiety and the stress and the depression actually gets worse because you're not accepting where you are and how you feel and allowing those feelings to happen. Instead, what you're doing is you're resisting them. And then of course, whatever you resist is going to persist. So if we resist what actually is, then we're never really accepting that we're here. We're just judging it. And by that resistance, it kind of keeps it alive because basically what you're doing is feeding it. Now, here's the thing with the end of any relationship, especially relationships where there was marriage, long-term relationships, there was children involved, there was a family that was established, you had their family, they had your family, finances were you know, combined, houses were bought. That's, that's a life that you build with someone. And when that ending of a relationship happens, that is a major, major life change. So not only are you dealing with this huge life change that's now happening, we are separating, we're not living together. The person that you would wake up to every single morning is no longer there. You don't have that person to rely on, whether you had a false sense of security or not, it's everything is changing. Maybe you're not seeing the kids as much anymore. Now you have to split the homes and divide things and sell properties. The holidays look different, birthdays look different, special occasions look different. And all of a sudden, you're alone. You're standing there alone. And so there's a huge aspect of emotional turmoil that you're going through aside from just the physical things of this person no longer being there and now I have to move and I'm selling this house and I'm moving into this condo or moving into this apartment or, or buying another house that's perhaps a little smaller, whatever, it'll, even if it's not smaller, even if you do it and you go bigger next time, the point is, is that now you're doing it by yourself. So this life change is really 
disturbing the living situation that you had, your finances, the situation that you were living in, even if it was dysfunctional, it was still comfortable. It was what you've always known. It's what you've always done. It's what you've always seen. The people around you were the people that were always in your life. And now those things are changing. And that's why they say a breakup or divorce is just like a death because all of a sudden this person's gone and not physically gone like a death, but still here. And sometimes it makes it even worse that they're still here because you get to see them. Sometimes you get to see them move on with their lives. Sometimes you get to still see the people that were in your life and the relationship's different and it's changed and not in a good way. And you have these feelings and these emotions and you're angry and you're sad and you're resentful and you're frustrated. And those are all normal things that you should be experiencing after a breakup or a divorce. The reason why they're normal is because it is change. Now let's magnify that. Let's say there was a betrayal. Let's say there was cheating. Let's see that. Let's say there was a, an affair. Let's say that there was some kind of abuse that was going on. Let's say that you were being taken advantage of. Let's say that for the last five years of your relationship, two years, six months, whatever it looks like, you guys were just not on the same page and you both became really resentful. Chances are at the end of most relationships, both people usually know that there's a problem going on in the relationship. And most of the time they're not happy if they're honest with themselves. Now there is that small percent of people that completely get the rug pulled up from underneath them and they had no idea that this was coming and all of a sudden someone serves them with divorce papers or they say they no longer want to be with this person any longer and then they break up and it came out of nowhere. Now you're talking about trauma. Now you're talking about real significant quick change like a death, like someone get hitting by, you know, someone getting hit by a bus or something drastic happening that really kind of like almost causes you to freeze. You're not even able to deal with actually what's happening. Really that's what trauma is, is when you're in a place emotionally, perhaps even physically, where you're not able to really deal and comprehend with what's actually going on. So when these stressful life experiences happen, they take over and they have a control over your emotional state. Because again, remember, everything is changing and a lot of change at one time for any human being is not something that they can handle or manage very, very well. And so what ends up happening is now we start feeling really stressed, really anxious, possibly getting panic attacks and maybe even on the verge of depression or perhaps even feeling depressed. And for this type of situation, we call this situational depression, meaning before this situation happening, this change happening, this stressful event happening, I was perfectly fine. I wasn't depressed. Now this erratic change happened in my life where it came out of nowhere, or even if it didn't come out of nowhere, it's just too much change to, ha to happen at one time for you to handle. That's situational circumstances that then cause you to feel the emotional distress or turmoil that you're actually feeling because you're not able to really deal with what's going on because too much is going on too fast. Now, when most people go through a breakup, it's not uncommon that they experience certain types of feelings or certain types of things happening where perhaps they have a lot of trouble going to sleep. They just can't sleep. Their mind is going too fast constantly. 
their appetite is changing, perhaps they're losing weight, perhaps they're gaining weight. They're just experiencing a lot of stress because there is a lot of unknowns that are happening that they don't now have the answers for. They're starting to lose interest in things, like little things are hard to do, getting up out of bed, going to work. They're not laughing as much. They're not as light as they used to be because they're feeling overwhelmed and there's too many questions of what ifs that are going on in their mind. We had to turn the light on for this one now because it just started getting super dark in here because it's starting to get cloudy, but let's keep going with some of these symptoms. So when we're talking about this, we are losing our appetite, possibly losing weight, possibly gaining weight, having trouble sleeping, not happy about life, not able to do things that we normally were doing. We're not productive. We're losing energy. Quite frankly, we're just sad. We're just sad. And that type of feeling can feel so overwhelming, especially when it's magnified with a lot of what if changes that are happening and a lot of questions. Why did this happen? Why did they leave? Why, why am I going through this right now? I can't believe I'm here right now. I never thought in a million years this would ever happen to me. My family's getting dismantled. What are my finances going to look like? I'm going to have to sell this house. This is my home. There's so many questions that you're dealing with and so much change that it is inevitable that you're going to feel sad. It's inevitable that you're going to feel a little depressed because there's so much going on and it's happening really quickly. Now, when you go through a breakup or divorce and it's abrupt and there was cheating or there was a betrayal, now you're dealing with questions like, why wasn't I good enough? You're going to probably be affected in terms of your self-esteem. You're not going to really feel good about yourself. You're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel like you caused this to happen, like you did something wrong that caused this person to no longer be in love with you anymore. So this breakup is more than just, wow, there's so much change going on. Now it's actually influencing how you really view yourself, how worthy you feel like you are, how attractive you feel like you are, how good enough you feel like you are in relationships. And that's the part where we can really become so depressed where possibly we even become suicidal. Now here's the thing that I want you to remember is there's a huge part of physical things that you have to do, right? Like if you are getting divorced, you're having meetings with an attorney or you're selling a house and you're dividing up properties and you're readjusting and you're focusing on your children. I mean, there's so many things to do and it can become extremely overwhelming where now it starts to actually debilitate you and perhaps you do start to feel a little depressed. Number one, the best thing that you can do for yourself that will actually help you through this experience is because, because here's the thing, time actually does help the heart, but what you do in that time will determine whether you're successful and you're able to heal and move on, or you let this kind of take over and it causes you to feel insecure, confused forever, depressed, and you're never able to move on bitter, all of those kind of things. So there's two types of people. There are people that are going to go through this experience. They're going to do all of the right things to take care of themselves. Point number one, they're going to actively do the things to move their life forward. Point number two, and they're going to practice accepting what is because they can't change it. Point number three. 
So the first thing, how do I take care of myself? Things like, you know, when you're going through a difficult time, you will dig so deep into grasping anything that will help you to feel better. Now we have to make sure that we're grasping and holding on to things that are actually good for us, that are actually probably going to even help us create healthier habits even after we get over this divorce, this breakup, this heartache, whatever. And that's where we really become a better version of ourselves. So again, it goes back to two choices. Do I sit and let this take over and win? Or do I get up and I do something about it? Now, when you're depressed, really depressed, you're not going to be able to go run a marathon. So it's about celebrating your wins. Now, taking care of yourself doesn't mean that I'm going to jump out of bed tomorrow and start my own business, but it does mean that I'm going to celebrate the fact that I got out of bed today and I took a shower. I got out of bed and I went to the grocery store. I got out of bed and I made my meals for the week. Just doing those little things that will get you into a mindset of, okay, I have to take care of myself. I'm not going to let this feeling stop me from doing what I know I need to do. Now that's the same mindset that you also have with anxiety. When you feel any kind of anxiety, either the anxiety is going to win where you don't go do the thing that the anxiety is telling you not to do, or you're going to do it anyways and you're going to let the anxiety be there while you're actually doing the thing. Now, if you do that, what you're telling your anxiety is that I don't need you here because what you're trying to do is train your nervous system, train, train your nervous system and your mind to think differently, to, to behave differently than the way it's behaving right now. And it's really the same thing with depression. Now remember, I am talking about situational depression. I am not talking about a person who has suffered with depression their whole life and the problem goes way deeper than just going through this painful breakup or this divorce. I'm talking about a situational depression where you know you feel this way because there is too much happening right now. There is too much change. There's too much feeling. There's too much emotion that you can't deal with all at once. And that's why we tend to feel depressed because this weight is kind of just sitting on us and we're not able to unpack it all and deal with it all this afternoon. We have to deal with it in bits and pieces. And the little things like getting up and taking a shower and getting up and going to the grocery store, you are, whether you know it or not, are parenting yourself through those experiences where your mind wants to tell you to just stay in bed, where your mind wants to tell you, no, I don't wanna do this, let's just go do something else that's unproductive, that's not good for us, that's unhealthy. So there's a part of you that starts to kind of take over and say, no, I want to do this for me. I know that this is beneficial for me. And that's the part that you're starting to tap into. You're starting to become your healthier self versus living through the depression, the wounded ego, the other parts of yourself that want to keep you stuck. So when we talk about self-care and really taking care of ourselves, when we're talking about depression, we're talking about making sure that we're just doing the little things and that we're celebrating them, that we're not judging ourselves for the fact that we couldn't get up today and go run five miles. That, you know what, let's just make sure that we know how to be our own cheerleader and that we're excited that we at least got out of bed today. So being healthy and mental health is all about a coach. A coach knows how or when to push versus when to kind of stop for a second because I might be pushing too hard. And the beauty is if you're coaching yourself, you know 
when you are pushing too hard versus I could go a little bit further. So self-care and taking care of yourself during this process is about honoring those wins, like I said. It is about creating really healthy routines. A routine is always going to get you out of a funk because the routine is not about wanting to do the routine, but the routine is about here's what I am going to do today and I'm doing it anyways regardless of how I feel. Now when you start to do that enough, you will build momentum in yourself where actually your feelings regarding the routine start to change because the routine is actually going to help your emotional state. It's going to build confidence. It's going to make you feel good, but before you start the routine, you don't feel well and you don't want to do it. So it's almost like you have to dive in the pool so you can understand, wow, this is actually really good for me and I'm enjoying it versus being so scared to do it or not wanting to do it at all. Taking action is kind of like step two. And I just touch a little bit on that, you know, mind over matter kind of a thing and, and being able to do it anyways. But taking action is also about building a new life and rebuilding what where you are right now based on the circumstances, whether you wanted this breakup or divorce or not, just saying, okay, what is this going to look like? What do I want it to look like based on the circumstances that are in front of me right now? So there are a lot of things that I don't have control over because obviously if you were to ask me, what do I want? This is not it. <laughs> but if this has to be it, how can I make the absolute best out of this situation and what is this going to look like now? So it's kind of like where you stop and pause and say, okay, I'm here and I have to make decisions. So where do I want to live based on what I know is good for me right now. When I got divorced and I had to sell my house, I did not want to go move into an apartment complex. I wanted to stay where I was or I wanted to buy another home or a condo even perhaps. But at the time, it wasn't even about the finances for me. It was more about, I just wasn't emotionally ready to do that by myself. And I didn't judge myself for it. And I also knew that I needed maintenance-free living. So for me, again, that wasn't something that I wanted. I wanted a partnership and I wanted to be able to build a home and a family and do all of that with someone. But if I was here and perhaps at that moment, it was too much for me to do by myself, be that woman that's like, okay, I'm just gonna buy my own home and I'm gonna fix it up myself, that, that wasn't where I was at at that point in my life. And so I had to accept, based on my circumstances, what is the best for me? What was the best for Stephanie was maintenance-free living, was moving into a, uh, an apartment complex that if something broke, it wasn't my responsibility and I didn't have to find a gardener or maintain a pool. I just had all the amenities that I wanted to live a good life, to enjoy my son and focus on myself, my mental health, my career, because those were the things at the moment that was the most beneficial. It wasn't trying to play house and own a home with all of this responsibility with a little baby that wouldn't even remember everything. It was more about let me get back to me and just make this the year where I'm going to have fun. For me, taking action was the funnest part because there were things that I had to make decisions on, like I said, that I didn't want to. I didn't want to go into that apartment, um, but I, I did and it was beneficial to me. And the hindsight is, is that one of my best friends I met during that time and she lived in the apartment complex right near me. So I built a kindred spirit from having gone through that situation and being in that environment that I didn't want to be in, but 
it was good for me to be in. I ended up meeting one of my best friends. So that was the pro of that situation. And I really got to enjoy my son and not have to worry about some of the things that I would have worried about had I owned my own home. So that's number one. But taking action for me also looked like building my business. And that's why I started my masterclass. And that's why I want to help people, not just single moms or not just people that are going through a divorce to kind of like build their own coaching practice. Of course, I want to help anyone that is interested in doing this, but I know what it's like to be the stay-at-home mom who put her career on hold to begin raising a family and then the rug got pulled up from underneath me. So I wanted to build something that was mine professionally. I knew I didn't want to go back to corporate living or corporate life and do that kind of rat race for me. And I knew that I just wanted more out of my life. I wanted flexibility. I wanted freedom. And I wanted to be able to work at two in the morning if I wanted to and take a Wednesday off if I want to. So and help people with what I've been through. So for me, it was so important that I build this profession and this business and this brand for myself so I could have something that I would be proud of and then I could have the life that I really wanted to live being the single mother that I was. So the last thing that I want to talk about is acceptance. And the reason why I wanna kind of like end with this is because it is a biggie. So accepting that a marriage is ending, accepting that a breakup is happening, whether you thought you were going to get married and now you're not, or you were spending 20 years with this person and you thought you would be married forever to this one person. No matter the situation, having to accept that something is over when there was an expectation is not easy. Having to accept that someone is not who you thought they were and their character is not what you thought it was and all of a sudden this mask comes off and you see this horrible person in front of you, that is not easy to go through. It takes work. It takes a lot of work to have to accept and practice forgiving. And the thing with accepting and forgiving is it's not something you do once, it's something that you are constantly practicing, especially when there's children involved. And it is something that I think the more you can come to acceptance, you'll get to acceptance quicker the more you can accept how you feel. If you can accept how you feel, embrace how you feel, let you feel whatever you need to, frustration, sadness, anger, resentment, whatever, but you don't stay there and you learn how to, how to move forward and understanding what that actually looks like, you will learn how to accept a situation. Will you ever accept it fully? I think when there are children involved, my answer to that is going to be no. But, and it's kind of like this like confusion in the mind. There's a part of you that goes 100%, I'm almost, I'm so incredibly thankful, but obviously if I could go back and make it different, I wouldn't have wanted that to end. But that would mean that that person would have to be different. That means that probably I would have to be different. And that person is not different. This is who they are. And now this is who I am. And the two don't work together. So while it is sad at times, and there's definitely mourning involved, a thousand percent, it is, you will get to a place where you do fully accept that this really is the best situation. And I think you can only really get there when you've kind of dove into educating yourself about different types of situations, about compatibility, about emotional wounds. And this has, this goes beyond just dealing with someone who's narcissistic, but also understanding that 
you know, the reason why two people can't or don't work out is because of what's going on inside of them.